I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, college football fans across the nation and around the world. This is Tim May with the Tim May Podcast uh, with my buddy, Boston Ward. Boston, welcome back to the Tim May Podcast. It's always a pleasure to be welcomed back, Tim. I always like to talk in a monotone sometimes when I'm trying to transition myself. And uh, speaking of transitions, I've got a great uh, guest coming on in a few minutes, uh, Donald Washington, former cornerback at Ohio State and in the National Football League and for a brief time, even in the Canadian Football League. And we're going to talk about uh, the transitions that uh, he has made in his life and is continuing to make in trying to help youth out there. But, uh, you know, I wanted to also pique people's interest that you and I are going to come back and we're going to talk about some of the uh, some of the challenges this Ohio State football team, this loaded Ohio State football team, it will be facing when it finally puts the pads on. We think it's going to be Wednesday of this week, September the 30th. You know, with the Big Ten, you never know, right? There could be another edict come down. But uh, bottom line is once they really start practicing football, uh, what are the holes they're, they're trying to fill? Not really holes they're trying to fill, but the ones they're trying to smooth, you know, like a, a paving compactor, you know, get everything all smoothed out, headed toward the season opener October 24th uh, against Nebraska. But uh, – Real quick, uh, Austin, before I go to my interview with Donald Washington, um, Ohio State jumps back into the major polls this week, but at six, how do they even how do they even explain that these poll voters, some of whom didn't even vote for Ohio State uh, uh, in in the Associated Press poll, some of the writers, uh, broadcasters, media members, how do they in a nutshell how do they explain dropping Ohio State from second to six? especially after I saw the carnage that happened over the weekend with some of the other top 10 members. How do they explain it? I, you know, poorly. I don't really think that they can. If you ask me to talk real quick about these polls, I'm not really sure that I can, but I think that – Give me something snappy. It's, it's outrageous, um, but it's also a benefit that these don't really count. I just don't yeah. understand how last week – uh, I'm not going to point the finger or name the specific names, but the person who got this ball started, I'm only ranking teams that have played. Well, did they do that last week when Alabama was number two in that poll? No, they did not. No, why, they did not. Why did you decide that this week you had to do it that way and not last week or in week one when there were still you know teams that had played? Like It doesn't make any sense to treat a ballot that way. And I think it's – like. We've been moving away from this since the BCS formula with the AP poll and the coaches poll when they actually had a say. Thank God they don't. Yeah. This is just absolutely mind-numbing, and it's just a trap to get us to talk about it and get me worked up, and it's working. Yeah. That is what it's all about. And but, but, you know, the bad thing is you don't really have an opinion, you know. Uh, that's what's tough. I mean, no, it's, it's, it is crazy. Like you said, this is a crazy year, and yet this is another example of how nutsy it is. I mean, you know, and, you know, uh, when will Ohio State – you know, what was it about Ohio State that even made them vote them number six, you know, when you think about it, right? But, but Tim, here's the thing about this. For these people that want to treat it this way and take this stand, how, 
what does that mean when the teams play on October 24th for the first time? Right. You no longer have an opinion about how good Ohio State or Nebraska or Penn State are. How are you going to form that? You're going to wait, and they played one game, and another team has played five, and suddenly that's going to magically click in your mind that Ohio State suddenly looks like the number two team in the country again to them. It's well, it you're not you're not thinking this through. If you thought they were number two in August, then nothing has changed your mind about them. And the other teams that were below them, well, several of them have already lost, so that's not going to impact number two. If you want to say that Alabama was really impressive in week one, which for parts of that game they certainly were and you want to move them up, fine. I got no problem with that. But to drop Ohio State out entirely of your top 25 makes zero sense. Yeah, you know, that Alabama game also kind of shot in the heel this idea that, you know, Alabama's backups or uh, number twos or number threes uh, could, could beat most everybody. I think they got outscored in the fourth quarter in that game, if I'm not mistaken. So, there, that puts that to bed. But uh, but the other thing is, just like you just said, I mean, uh, what, what is legitimate in this time? You know, the, the problem with the AP poll, and, you know, and the coaches poll is a lot like this too. It's It ought to be APKJ poll because it's Associated Press knee-jerk reaction, you know, to, uh, to different things. And, oh, and by the way, we're still going to penalize these guys because of, like you just pointed out, they haven't played yet, and yet Alabama – you know, uh, took a big lead and almost blew it. You know, um, Georgia got into a fight there in the first half in its game, came back and played extremely well. But then you see these teams that they everybody had been touting because they were so good last year, Oklahoma and Louisiana State, take it on the chin. And uh, it does appear that the uh, the process of rebuilding – rebuilding it may not be the right word, creating a new structure, which is the Texas defense, is still a work in progress, correct? <laughs> Oh my goodness! Uh, yeah, that was one of the. Well, that was an absolutely insane finish uh, with Texas, Texas Tech. Uh, always got to be careful to make sure you don't put the horns down too early, and in my case, that you don't tweet too early about the result, uh, which I did. But I still believe that giving up 56 points to Texas Tech uh, bodes very poorly uh, for Tom Herman and now Chris Ash, uh, those former coordinators for the Buckeyes that are leading that. I don't, I don't know what to call it. The rebuild, it's, it, Tom Herman has had enough time to reload Texas. You, you and I both know how much talent is in this, that state. It should yeah. not be taking this long. And, you know, that, you know when, they, when you play Oklahoma or some of these other tricky te- like Big 12 teams, you get in these shootouts, um, I still think that might have been the beginning of the end for Tom Herman at Texas. Uh, we'll see. I, he, you know, Oklahoma's going to put up a lot of points on that team in, in what, yeah. 14 well, days. Well, I, I – I just know if you just base it on scores and relative scores, uh, just from a defensive standpoint, Houston Baptist University has a better defense than University of Texas <laughs> based on how they played Texas Tech and how, how <laughs> Texas played Texas Tech. Right. Crazy, right? Hey, we'll be back to debate maybe a little bit more of that, but mainly get into uh, key, like I said, key, key parts of the Ohio State football team uh, you know, you and I both think it's underrated this week, but they, there's still some work to do in preseason. Camp is not the right term. Preseason after-school activities <laughs> for, for this Ohio State football team to get ready for its uh, opener October 24th against Nebraska. But first I want to uh, introduce this conversation I had with Donald Washington. Man, he really uh, – <clears throat> number one, he played corner at Ohio State, so I get into, like, what he thinks it takes to play corner – on the high-level story I wrote about for us on LettermanRoad.com this past week with uh, 
with Gary Combs uh, talking about in seven banks, you know, having to fill those spots that they've got on there and, and what uh, Kerry Combs is looking for in a corner. But then Donald Washington and I get into like his background, his life growing up in a tough situation in Indianapolis and, and some of the tough situations he got himself into at Ohio State and in the NFL, but how he has now turned all that into a real, for one of another term, teaching moment uh, with his smooth transitions uh, company that he has started to help youth out there in 11 to 17 age bracket, especially African-American youth uh, in, right here in Columbus. And it's a very interesting story. And when we're, when we're done with that, we'll be back with my buddy, Boston Ward. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Uh, Donald Washington, welcome to the uh, Tim May podcast. Thanks for having me, Tim. Long time. Tim no see, no talk. That's right, man. Been a long time. Uh, been a long time since we really hooked up and, and talked and stuff. But, uh, you know, uh, I got you on for several reasons, but one of which is, you know, Ohio State's looking for two, well, basically, yeah, two new starting cornerbacks because they got Sean Wade back, but uh, – that, you know, they play three corners and a safety now for the most part. And uh, I just want you to give people, before we get into what you're doing for a living now, this is a guy that was a, that was a starter both in, at Ohio State and in the National Football League, ladies and gentlemen, Donald Washington, a guy who knows what it takes to play the hot corner, so to speak. But uh, well, what does it take to, to be a starting cornerback at Ohio State in your mind, Donald? Oh, that's, a, that's an interesting question. Um, but uh, I'll dive right into it, man. For real, um, outside of all the physical attributes and things like that, uh, first and foremost, man, just to play defense for Ohio State, man, it takes a little um, – you got to have a football IQ, man. Um, you got to you gotta be – you got to have some intelligence. You know what I'm saying? Especially playing for Trestle, man. Like, it was – you have to know your stuff. You, know, have to, you have to know how to adjust. You have to know how to communicate. You know, you have to know how to listen. Uh, but for real, to play, to play corner at a place like Ohio State, man, first and foremost, I think it takes confidence. Um, and, it, and it's really it, – for me, it was all mental, man. Um, I, knew I, was, I knew I had the athletic ability. Um, I knew I could run and jump and compete with guys. But it's handling the mental anxieties of, of the every down, um, especially at a – as a young guy, I came in and, and got some playing time as a redshirt freshman. Um, so the chemistry with the guys, but for me, like I said, man, it was the biggest thing for me was my confidence. Um, and then as you get that confidence um, and you start playing, um, you got to have some resiliency, man. Um, it's not, it's not going to always go perfect. 
at a place like Ohio State, you're always playing against the best. You're always getting every team's best. So out there at corner on that island, man, everybody knows what you're doing. So um, you you got to have a fearless mentality. Um, you got to be able to bounce back from negative plays. They used to always say defensive backs got to have a short-term memory. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Whether you make a play or whether you get beat on a play, you got to move on to the next one. Chances are they're coming at you again. So um, for DBs, man, it's just the ability to be able to adjust on the fly. Um, it's a it's kind of a, a stressful position. So you got to you got to work well under those uh, in those type of environments, under those type of pressures, man. Um, but D Dub. Yeah, D Dub, as I as I used to call you, and I still call you in my, you know, because I'm I'm my mind's a little bit warped. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, 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 it, it's interesting when you go down on a football field and you watch you guys from from the perspective of the field and a corner sitting out there wide, let's say the field corner, and it's amazing how much ground <laughs> you're responsible for. You understand? For sure. I mean, sure. did it ever intimidate you at all, or did you just did you uh did you enjoy that uh, challenge for one of another term? Yeah, I wouldn't say it was intimidating, man. Honestly, man, you, you put so much work in. You practice hard. Um, thankful for great coaches. So you you get to a point to where you can just depend on, like, technique or you can depend on um, whatever the defense is calling for. And so you get confident and you get, you get your belief in the system. So – Whatever the defense is, you're you're not out there trying to defend the whole field. You're just yeah. doing the job that the defense is asking you to do. So when you can kind of keep a small focus um, and just stay locked in on what you got to be locked in on, you can't be out there thinking about too much at corner, man. I'm telling you, you got to be able to play free with not too much on your mind just because it's a very reactive position. Sure. It's fast paced. You know what I'm saying? So if you're thinking, that's going to slow you down. I was gonna say one minute you're you're doing what I call mirror coverage on a guy, you know, uh, man to man cat coverage. Next thing you know, you've got a 235 pound running back coming right at you downhill and stuff. Oh, I mean, for sure. for it's sure. as unique a position as there is in sport, in my opinion. You agree? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I think I think I think corners are the best athletes on the field, hands down. Well, that's that, ladies and Let's get more of a poll than just one guy, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> that said, you and I. Have, you and I had something that was re- happened to us, and in, in, in you remember this, in 2012, after Urban Meyer got, got the job at Ohio State, I was going up to uh, interview him one day and had an appointment, and you were in the halls there at Ohio State yeah. uh, checking out all the, the the way the Woody Hayes had changed in the few mm-hmm. years you hadn't been back because you'd been in the NFL and stuff. And uh, we both ended up at Urban Meyer's door at the same time. Remember this? So I knocked on the door and said, Coach Meyer, and said, uh, Former player here, uh, Donald Washington. He was uh, walking through the halls. One, one. He wanted to check in, say hi. And so we walk in. He goes, "When did you play?" And he goes, "Well, I played against you in that 2006 national championship game." And you remember what he said? He said, yeah. "You weren't that number 14, were you?" <laughs> and you said, "No, sir. I was on the other side." And he said. Yeah, we picked on that number 14 all night long. I mean, of course, he was talking about Antonio Smith, but. Uh, it is a it is amazing, man, how uh, how things change, isn't it? A little bit, but uh, what do you remember about just real quick about that game? But then about your meeting with Urban. Oh man, about that game, boy, 
that game. <laughs> you don't remember much about it, do you? I try not to. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But We're no, man, about honestly, man, it was, uh, first of all, man, to play in the national championship, not once but twice, man, that's a dream come true. Um, oh, yeah. The stage that that was on, um, the energy in that, um, the environment, um, just being able to take my family to places that they probably wouldn't have been to. Um, yeah, man, that was a great experience for me. In terms of football, it didn't work out close to the way we wanted it to. Um, but I think for my class, especially, a lot of us were young in that in that game, um, just starting to scratch the surface. So I think that kind of um, that helped us as um, as a class, being underclassmen, um, kind of learning what to take, learning what it took to kind of get back to that point and to just try to um, uphold that standard of just playing great football week in, week out and preparing yeah. to play great football. Hey, uh, I know you want to send condolences. Uh, uh, James Laurinaitis' way oh, lost man. his dad, you know, oh, last week. Uh, oh, man. Stunning. Yeah, uh, man. James and his dad were always together. They were like best friends. So I know that's probably tough on James, man. So, yeah, my condolences to you, bro. Yeah. Much love, and man. And the other thing, I know you're well, – we're taping this on a Monday morning, uh, recording it on a Monday morning. Uh Malcolm, Malcolm Jenkins in the hole on that fourth and one. He just stuffs that guy. Can you believe Malcolm Jenkins is still not just in the NFL, but playing at that level? Yeah. You've, known, you've known Malcolm since for a while. Are you surprised or no? Be, no, be, no. Exactly. No. You're not surprised, man. So yeah. I'm I not surprised. In, I think it's just Malcolm being Malcolm, man. For real. Yeah. <laughs> I bumped into him one time and I thought I'd broken my arm. You know how <laughs> you know how yeah. fit he was. If he put together, him. man. He's for sure. He's yeah. put together for sure. But, uh, well, let's get into this. You know, you had to transition, pardon the pun again. Yeah. Uh, uh, you were in the NFL for, what, three seasons, I think, at Kansas City. Yeah. And, uh, and then you went to the Canadian Football League and yes, tried your trade. And talk about a wide – talk about a field corner. I mean, <laughs> seems like the expanse is going for days. You know, you had a little bit of a challenge at Ohio State, remember, going into you – know, one year you had to sit out a couple of games and yeah. – uh, Thought you were going to have to sit out. I think that national championship game against LSU that one time. But uh, mm-hmm. but the bottom line was, you know, you had a you had a similar situation at uh, Indi- Indi- Indianapolis. I think you you just soon forget. But uh, you know, you go through tough times and stuff. But you know, Donald, people don't understand. You came from a, a not that it's an excuse, but you came from a tough circumstance growing up in Indianapolis. Give, yes, give people a little bit of a background there. Um, man, just without going into too much details, man, uh, like I said, man, I'm from Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, I grew up with both parents in the household, um, but it was a struggle, man. You know what I'm saying? We yeah. grew up on a lot of government assistance, government funding, food stamps, welfare. Dad was in and out of prison. Um, time to time, parents was addicted to drugs. So, I got a lot of my oldest sister. A lot of people don't know this. Uh, my oldest sister had my nephew when she was 14, moved out, had her own crib. So she was kind of like my mom. Uh, well, my parents was kind of getting their life together. So, yeah. Um, yeah. We, I mean, we worked well with what we had, man. We didn't have a lot, um, but we ain't make excuses. And that my experiences growing up taught me to work for everything that I was going to get in life. Yeah. You know, but here's the thing. You could have tur- you could have put that in your not only put your background in your rearview mirror, but turned your back on it, you know, and uh, you've started this uh, 
company called Smooth Transitions, where in essence, you're trying to, I mean, right here in Columbus, Ohio, and you're trying to help uh, youngsters out there who might not have somebody in their life uh, uh, and just kind of go into what, what you're all about now, Donald. Yeah, for sure, man. So the way I think of sports and athletics, man, especially for a guy like me or someone who who's in a situation like I was in, Sports for real is nothing more than really like, for me at least, it was like a glorified after-school mentoring program, honestly. You know what I'm saying? Um, Growing up in the quote-unquote hood uh, with not a lot of resources, man, um, football kind of taught me things that I didn't know existed. Um, I didn't really know what discipline was. Excuse my, uh, sorry about that. I didn't really know what discipline was. Handling adversity, man. Trestle was big on handling success. You know what I'm saying? And just little stuff like that. I don't think I could have gotten outside of sports. You know what I'm saying? A lot of the life skills that I've learned to shape me to the young or to the man that I am today, it came from sports, man. Um, And and making some tough decisions and having to live with the consequences and things like that. Um, Sorry, man. My computer, my phone is going off. No, that's okay. It means you're popular. It means you're popular still. Um, <laughs> those are your fans checking in. Hey, you're on that Tim May podcast yet. That's what they're trying to figure out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, man, like I was saying, man, um, so smooth transition, man, it's uh, to get back. I lost my, my train of thought a little bit. But like I said, man, from where I grew up at to unfortunately, the, there's the similar problems that are still going on, man. And like I said, sports offered me an outlook or a trajectory that I don't know if I could have gotten anywhere else. Um, I was used to, um, excuse me on this one, man, but I was used to a lot of drugs and violence. Um, So I didn't really, my hope was I got to make it in school or sports or something because I don't really know what else I would do. Um, and a lot of times, um, me becoming a great student was, it was my distraction away from what was going on at home. Like getting up, you, if you could ask my mom, like, man, I hated to miss school when I was a kid. Um, I just needed it every day. I just needed to get away from that environment. And if I was stuck there, I just felt real stagnant. Um, and I really don't even go home too much today, not because I'm scared of anything, but um, it's, you know, once you know better, you do better. And for me, um, it helps me control my decision-making a little better. Um, it helps me control my surroundings. Um, so it's things like that, but smooth transition, man, it's, <laughs> it, took, it took a university to raise me, Ohio State. I got to Ohio State, man, and I was kind of a young knucklehead, for real, um, thinking I could do whatever I wanted whenever I wanted. And um, I learned very quickly that um, – That wasn't going to fly. It wasn't going to fly, but I kind of – the inspiration behind me starting and building Smooth Transition, you're familiar with Tressel's Winner's Manual. Yeah. Um, that was the first book he gave me when I got to Ohio State wasn't even a playbook. And I'm like, man, what is this? You know what I'm saying? But it was everything in life that didn't take talent. You know what I'm saying? And it was something that everybody could do. And 
I was, bro, honestly, man, I was just kind of like blown away by it just because the environment that I was from, like that stuff, we wasn't hearing that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. it was it was just like, honestly, man, I'm not trying to make myself sound too cool or anything like that, but I'm just being real. Um, so a lot of that stuff, it was a game changer for me um, because yes, I like I said, I believed in myself athletically, but that and just been in between my ears, there was a lot that was missing. And the first day I got to Ohio State, man, we started filling in blanks. And yeah. it was it was an aha moment for me. So um, I wanted to create that same type of moment for other young men in the same situation, but they might not get a Division One scholarship. You know what I'm saying? Like sure. you go to these big time football programs or athletic programs in general. A lot of these young men who come from inner, inner cities and broken families, they're going to get some development. I mean, you think about the player development at a place like Ohio State, um, the team that you're around, the men that you're around. So you develop. But then what about the guys who aren't athletes, who have gotten in a little bit of trouble in school? I mean, there was a couple of times when people wanted to write me off because of a few bad decisions or me getting into some trouble. So, I mean, luckily I had people that believed in second chances. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Because there was a couple of times where, you know what I mean? So, yeah. I'm really trying to offer that to young men. Donald, isn't it amazing, though? I mean, I, I would think you're running into this, too, as you do this. Uh, as the old saying goes, can you save everybody, you know? I mean, because I would think the more impact you have on these young men, the more you see more guys that could use it, right? I mean, yes, and it's like it, I would think it sometimes you feel almost frustrated that you can't touch everybody. Uh, yeah. in that regard. I mean, uh, mm -hmm. uh, inspire them like a lot like uh, Coach Trestle and your coaches at Ohio State did. I mean, mm -hmm. did, just tell me about a day-to-day, -day, you know, work, you know, your working relationship with these young men and stuff and yeah. how it kind of like, you know, how, um, the fulfillment you get from it. Yeah, so it kind of, man, it um, – honestly, man, you know, like Coach Trestle was big on outreaches and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Even before I got to Ohio State, man, I used to read to kids in high school. Um, I'm Honestly, man, I'm kind of a people's – I love people, man. You know what I'm saying? So um, I love to see people happy. Um, if I can, I love to make people happy. Um, I just like to help. Um, I have a giving spirit. So it's yeah. – this stuff kind of comes natural. It's just what I like to do. It's what I want to do. Um, but – when I was done playing, I got back to Columbus in 2016. Um, I had a little short, brief stint with Pittsburgh. Um, and honestly, man, it, I was just in the middle of a space. I don't even know what you call it. It was like a phase. And I was coming from one place, trying to get to the next. I had some ideas on what I wanted to do. But I just didn't really know how to get there. Um, I was... I mean, I was just trying things, man. I I tried working at a gym, um, tried to get in some other sales jobs. Um, I just I was just trying to keep myself busy, man, because it was kind of scary, honestly. Yeah. It yeah. was the unknown was very scary for me. It was a place I hadn't been in since I was a teenager. Um, you're talking about pretty much every day of your life. 16 to 18 hours of those days are planned out or you know what you need to be doing in some form or fashion, man. And then I get to this point to where 
what is it? Free agent. So, <laughs> yeah. So it was like, man, it was like, man, honestly, Tim, man, I'm going to just be honest with you, bro. It was very scary, man. I cried a lot. Um, I cried. I had a lot of sleepless nights, cried a lot. Um, but what helped me, man, I started journaling. I started like journaling. I started expressing and opening up, having conversations with people. Um, and I think the easiest thing to do is to kind of like isolate yourself and just kind of like sit, sit still by yourself. Um, but I, I could feel that that wouldn't be good for me. So I started yeah. reaching out to people, man. I started hanging out. That's why I started showing up at the Woody a little bit more. Um, just to be around environments that felt good to me and that could kind of help my my mental health through this process, man. So in my, journaling, yeah. in my journaling, in my writing things down, in my talking to people, man, it became very clear again what my passions are and what I like to do. Um, so I was actually trying to write a lot of this stuff that we're talking about into a book, right? So I started out just in my free time, just writing um, therapy, but it was something, it was a product or like a project that I was working on too. Um, I ended up getting with one of my uh, old professors, Dan Dan Steinberg, who's now at uh, Otterbein. Me and Dan had lunch one day, actually uh, me me and and Malcolm had Dan's class together. So, Malk had kind of reached out. We all talked on the phone one day. Um, and then me and Dan had lunch after that. And uh, same type of situation, asking me what I was up to. And at that point, I was just telling him, I think I want to write a book based on my life story. He's like, oh, yeah, have you started? And I was like, yeah, I got it. So basically, I, I handed him um, the stuff that I had. The, yeah. Um, and he got back with me pretty quick. He was like, Donald, man, this is pretty interesting. Um, he was like, um, there, may, there might be a little bit more than a book that we could do with this. Um, and so we had that conversation. So instead of just doing like a, uh, a book that would just sit on the, on the shelves, I started thinking of like a, a mentoring, like handbook, workbook type of thing. Kind of like a winner's manual, but a little more interactive. Um, yeah. um, and to kind of reach a... Uh, a different targeted audience, so to speak. Um, so basically, man, I started working with some students, some comm students at Otterbein, um, just kind of editing, structuring um, the content that I already had. And from there, man, like like I told you, man, I was in love with the, the winner's manual. And there was a part in there that the things in life that don't take talent and those are like positive attitude, punctuality, accountability, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. just things that everybody can do. Um, and hmm. for a while, man, as a young man, when you, when you can run and jump and people's cheering your name and stuff, you kind of take those things for granted. Sure. You know what I mean? Um, sure. But as I've gotten a little older, uh, I've had my fair share of adversities and successes, but those are kind of the things that remain constant. You know what I mean? Those things that don't take talent. Um, people come and go. Everybody make a few good plays, bad plays here and there. So that stuff goes. But at the end of the day, man, uh, what you got to lean, what you have to lean on is kind of who you are as a person. Yeah. Um, kind of what makes your heart beat. So 
Um, for me, man, um, football has kind of helped me get to that genuinely and organically who I truly am. Um, how can I go about life on a day-to-day -day basis that makes me happy and, and not have to worry about what other people think? So um, I kind of found that and just working with people, man, I'm talking to people, expressing my true feelings, um, not running away from vulnerability, man, and just putting myself out there. It's like being a corner. You got you just got to put yourself out there, man. Line up and get ready to go. Um, yeah. And that's kind of how I've just attacked life after football, man. And that's kind of the inspiration to smooth transition. It was a transitional phase for me. Um, and like DBs, man, we gotta we gotta have smooth footwork to get from one place to another. So. I don't just try to smooth out these transitions. We're all going through from phase to phase, one job to the next, day to day, uh, one game to the next, whatever. So, you know what I'm saying? There's cha changes. It's constant in everybody's life. So, yeah, um, I didn't I, I didn't really know how to handle it um, to my own benefit all the time. So and I'm still learning. Um, but the things that I've learned, um, it's my mission to kind of teach those to young men, because. My high school coach, Coach Trestle, Coach Fickle, um, Coach Haley in Kansas City, Coach Tomlin, you know, those guys made a huge impact on me. So, yeah. Who did you reach out to besides? Um, did you reach out to anybody else? I mean, did you get any help, any any guidance? You know, for example, Coach Day, Ryan Day, is big on mental health. You know, right now, especially for youth who are who go through a lot of challenges and. Uh, did you reach out in in any regard like that, Donald, or just pretty oh, much? Oh yeah. So, um, I mean, <laughs> part of the reason why I'm in Ohio and Columbus, man, is Ohio State. You know yep. what I'm saying? Um, that's a resource for me. Um, and whether it was just phone calls or Ryan Stamper, um, there you go. Hardline was who's a great teammate now on the coaching staff there. Um, Coach Day. Um, Kevin, the EQ guy, the the trainers, some of them were there when I was there. Just it gave me that family feel again. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And although I'm not playing there, they still have open arms. You know what I'm saying? So it was all good. It was all love. And it was very helpful for me. Hey, last thing, I'll get out of here. Uh, oh, well, last couple of things. Uh, no, take your time, man. I'm enjoying it. Well, how can, how can people, I mean, how can youth, you know, somebody who might be watching this, you might know of young, youngsters or people that need to have the same kind of, you know, who, who are you, who are you trying to get to most of all? And how can they, how can they in fact hook up uh, with you or at least your uh, program? Mm -hmm. um, well, it's still a work in progress, man. We're still growing. Um, and to be real, my target audience is um, young black men in less fortunate communities, um, yeah. ages 11 to 17. Um, and the way we started is we built a relationship with the, um, Columbus city school district and, um, and we went from there, but moving forward, um, built the website, trying to get a little more engagement on social media. Um, but so I guess, man, really subscribe to the website, um, follow us on social media, just, just to stay alert and, um, on what we got going on. We're still in that startup phase. Um, been, I feel like I've been in this startup phase forever, but yeah. um, I just really want to make it count, man. You know what I'm saying? I want to make oh, it count. Um, absolutely. absolutely. And, um, I, I want to have an impact. It's not about saving everybody, but just try to save one. 
You know what I'm saying? Um, One of the times. I remember remember hearing Troy Smith say, it took a university to raise me, talking about himself. And I can't (laughs) – I got to piggyback on that, man. It took a lot to raise me. It wasn't wasn't one person. It wasn't one place. It wasn't one situation, man. It was a it was a conglomerate of all those things. Um, so I'm thankful, man. I'm thankful. I'm thankful for everybody that's been a part of my journey. And I feel like it's. I feel like I owe it. I feel like I owe this to to give back it. Yeah, it's, take, it's take, very it's very near and dear to my heart, man. Yeah, take, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm helping my younger self. That's what I was gonna say. Take me back. That, that's that's what I want to get to. It, it is what you're doing, right? You know, you know what touched you back then, and what would have even made it even better, right? I mean, as you look back on it, you you have that depth that a lot of people don't enjoy. Yeah, correct. Yes, sir. And enjoy yeah. is the, you know you know what I mean by enjoy meaning you have a profound uh, sense of what it takes of what these young, some of these youth are looking for. Just mm-hmm. a, it's not just a handout necessarily. It's as yeah. saying goes, it's a hand. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, man. So like some of the stuff we do, man, is just uh, one is just showing them that somebody's there. Somebody cares for them. Um, yeah. So weekly, bi-weekly sessions where I'll just pop up at the schools, interact with them for an hour or so um, have lunch, um, but I remember those times, man, holidays, birthdays where you don't get nothing, um, living in a house where there's no hot water, there's no electricity. Um, yeah. Four of us eating out of pork and beans and wieners. Um, yeah, man. So yeah, it's real life, man. I know, Dom. Man, I appreciate you sharing this, man. And, uh, you know, as Ilsen goes, you're doing the Lord's work here. And, uh, I mean, it it takes a man to do this kind of stuff. And, I, you know, and I, you don't need any pats on the back probably, but you know where I'm going. But I wanted to ask you this. You're in the National Football League. You get drafted. You're in the National Football League. I would think you're about as on top of the world as you can get. Did you think that would last forever? What were you, I know you knew it wouldn't last forever, but what were your thoughts then? And what would be what would be your uh, message to youngsters who are eager to get there, thinking that's going to be the be all and end all? Yeah, um, unfortunately, Tim, nothing lasts forever, man. Um, but I think it's kind of almost human nature to think or want all our good moments to last forever. Sure. Um, Especially in a moment like that, man, you take a guy like myself, I feel like I went from rags to riches overnight. Um, So I definitely wanted it to last forever. I thought it would last forever. And with that being said, you kind of take the day-to-day things that you need to do for granted. Um, So um, if I had any advice to anybody, man, would be to enjoy the moment. Um, And I I think it's almost cliche to to say – trust the process or enjoy the process. But I mean, that's really what it is. Um, it's day to day. Um, and my motto, my tagline with smooth transition is progress, not perfection. You know what I'm saying? It's not trying to get there in one night, but enjoying the ride that it takes you to get there. And then once it's done, just be thankful for it. Um, so. Yeah. It's, 
it's not really any more complicated than that, man, for real. Um, nothing lasts forever. Um, when, and Three years ago when the Steelers – four years ago when the Steelers told you it was over, <laughs> uh, what, did that moment hit like a ton of bricks? What was that moment like? Man. It, you know, it, wait, let me interrupt because as, as – as, you know, as a former player, Obi Stillwell, I don't know if you ever met him. You know, yeah. you've met Obi. Yeah. I mean, he, you know, he had a great – he was never a superstar or anything, but he had a great comment to me one time. He said, football is pretty much the only sport, almost the only sport where somebody else tells you you're done. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. most – you know, tennis, golf, basketball, most of the time you, there's another game you can play somewhere. Right. You know, football, you got to get 11 grown men together to play a football <laughs> game. You know, right. so it's pretty much – Somebody else tells you you're done, and just was that tough? I mean, just how tough was that? But did it man, tough is an understatement for real, man. Um, it's like like we just talked about thinking something that won't thinking something will last forever, and then kind of in the back of your mind, you know you won't play football forever. You just oh, yeah. never really seen that day coming, right? Yeah. And then finally, it's here. It's it's. Oh, man, it took a – it was a lot for me, man, honestly. Um, and I think a lot of it was the fear of the unknown. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That was a heavy weight of the fear of what's next. You know what I'm saying? A lot of – if you're 22, 23, 24, when you get cut, you're thinking, all right, well, let me go work out tomorrow just so when I get picked up again, I'll be ready. You know what I'm saying? I was 30, 31. Um, it was a totally different situation. And then the energy around me getting cut that time was a little different. Um, honestly, man, I didn't really have it in me to say, all right, well, back to the offseason grind until somebody picks me up. Um, I didn't really have it no more. Yeah. Um, I think so. I think that's what Pittsburgh kind of revealed to me. You know what I'm saying? Um I think everybody would love to play football if they could just go straight to camp and start playing games. Yeah. But it's that off season, man. It's that preparation. It's the, it's the day-to-day grind, picking yourself up, um, that type of stuff that, you know, uh, I just didn't have it no more, man. And um, my, what was next was starting to tap me on the back a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, 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 so, yeah, yeah. Get up, move on. You got to move yeah, on here. Come on, but, Donald, get up. Yeah. Let's move. Yes, sir. Hey. Yes, sir. But um, yeah. again, man, I'm very thankful, man, for football just in general, man. Um, aside from all the accolades and successes, man, the failures, um, just everything, man, the people, the places. Um, if I ain't go to Ohio State, man, we wouldn't be sitting right here right now. So, yeah. Yeah, I got a lot to be thankful for. My family's got a lot to be thankful for. Um, so, man, yeah, man, football's been great to me, man. So this is my way of not just paying back to football, but just kind of paying back to to the chances, the opportunities in, that life's given me that's come from other people and other people helping me and seeing me get to things that I didn't know existed, man. So I think that's what it was about. Trussell was big on that. You win with people. Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's Donald Washington, uh, uh, former Ohio State and NFL cornerback uh, who has found a new niche in life, smooth transitions, um, and uh, trying to help the youth, targeting the youth 11 to 17 who 
maybe don't maybe don't have a pro career or a college football career in front of them, but still need still need help, et cetera. There are millions of youngsters out there in that regard. Donald, thanks for joining the Tim May podcast, my man. Thank you, man. Go Bucks. Hey, we're gonna have you on again too. You know, we'll, we'll, anytime, we're gonna, man. Hey, I can sit down and talk to you for hours, man. It's just good vibes. I, know. I appreciate you. That's my hardest problem is condensing these things. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it should be a like, four-hour podcast. Talk a little man. bit, huh? <laughs> hey, yeah, but we'll hook up again, man. Thanks for joining us, Donald. Yes, sir, man. Go Bucks. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Austin, you got to admit, uh, Donald Washington's had a heck of a story. Now he's trying to, like, uh, help youth especially in this city of Columbus uh, transition, um, make those smooth transitions, as he calls it. Uh, you know, sometimes all people need is a guiding light to help them through their uh, – to help them through some tough times. Yeah, I think it's it's always um, one of my favorite things when so many of these Buckeyes get done with their careers and the way that they – you know, the support that they've received in Columbus or their hometowns and how badly they want to repay the favor – uh, I was thinking about that just the other night with Robert Landers and Cardell Jones at our uh, weekend kickoff. Like, you know, BB is is still trying to get another workout, still trying to find a way into the NFL, but he's out, you know, training kids. He's giving some of them, you know, some scholarships just so, just so they can work out for free with him. Um, you know, it's great to, to hear, you know, this is another, um, you know, charitable enterprise with Don Washington that I wasn't familiar with, but it doesn't surprise me at all because so many of these Buckeyes are, are fully invested in, in, in doing that. Such great guys. And it's not, we talk so much about the, the recent ones, certainly the ones that I've covered and, you know, but it goes back way longer than that. I think we all can agree that there's been a, a tradition of that for this program. It's, it's always really cool to see it. Yeah. You know, and his, his, his program is also wrapped up uh, with Gannett company, uh, which, you know, obviously owns the Columbus dispatch and other newspapers around the country. But uh, the more followers uh, that he can get, it's not a it's not a pyramid scheme, but it's more followers he can get. You know, uh, basically they have are going to step up with this uh, with this funding of this foundation, which will help along uh, the situation he, in, the situation he's in from the standpoint of getting this off the ground. You know, and number two, it's not it's not it's really interesting and not surprising to hear that you know among the people he has like gotten in big time contact with now and become friends with Ryan Stamper. Uh, at the, at Ohio State with the Ohio State football team and Brian Hartline, a guy he played football with. I mean, you know, there are a lot of people involved trying to trying to help the youth of this country. Yeah, they, and those are two pretty good guys in the Woody Hayes to be uh, looped into, and they've got direct ear of uh, Ryan Day and everybody else, Gene Smith. So, um, yeah, I, I would have a lot of confidence that as that that can keep growing and that Ohio State will continue to throw uh, its sport. Uh, support there along with Don Washington. Yeah, smoothtransitions.com. Just check it out. You know, there's no obligation, so to speak, but uh, it's great to see young, still a young man, a guy who has already come and gone as far as a football player, his football playing days, uh, but how trying to reach out and help others. Uh, but let's move on. Speaking of transitions, uh, 
we promise these people this. Now let's keep these things short, okay? All right. Short and sweet. Okay. Um, number one, I'm on wall to wall sports the other night, and uh, then um, uh, earlier last week I was on uh, a 97.1 The Fan with my buddy Bo Bishop, and basically asking what's that one position that Ohio State's got to get right, before, you know, in, in this preseason camp that they're going into, which in fact are not. It's not a preseason camp, like I told you. It's more like after-school specials because uh, that's one of the things that uh, Ryan Day and his coaching staff will not enjoy is having these guys full attention for, in essence, 18 hours a day or 16 hours a day like they have in the past in a real uh, preseason camp. Mm -hmm. But uh, they've got to get ironed out between now and October 24th and the opener against Nebraska. Right tackle is a position I'm interested in on offense because I think this has a, has a chance to be – it hasn't happened yet. Has, it has all the makings of being perhaps the most prolific offense uh, in Ohio State football history. And that's saying a lot just when you look back over the last 10 years. Uh, but if they can get right tackle figured out, and I think they've got the people, they've got more than enough parts there with yeah. Nicholas Petit Freer, Paris Johnson, and do not discount Dewan Jones, uh, the, the big man who's not quite as big as he used to be, but may be as, as surprising uh, a talent this year. If he gets a chance to play, uh, he's definitely going to help the depth up and sit down the offensive line. But I think right tackle, uh, it's all of a matter of deciding who the who the starter is and going with him, right? Yeah, and I think that um, NPF will, will be the guy. I think he, he's been waiting and building for this for a while. And you don't, you know, there's so much excitement about the way Paris Johnson plays. But, uh, you know, we know how rare it is that a, a true freshman – could play a tackle, and I'm not saying, uh, you know, that Paris Johnson shies away from Orlando pace comparisons, but, man, that's that's an extremely high bar. And also, yes. you, don't, you just don't really want to be relying on a true freshman at such a key position. Um, and, and Petit Frere's had two years uh, to develop his body, you know, really, I mean, almost three at this point, uh, to work with Greg Studrawa. I, ha I have plenty of confidence that he can nail that down and, and make that position yeah, you know, if, if it's the last one that you need to decide to make sure that you have one of the best offensive lines in the country, I think he can do that. Um, and, and as you said here, when we're talking about these positions that we'll dive into, um, they have the talent everywhere. There's not a there's not a spot where you have to hope that somebody makes a big leap. They're picking between four and five star recruits at every spot that we're going to talk about. So they're not really uh, weak links for the roster. They're just if you're trying to maximize your potential, you don't really want to have any uncertainty about who that guy is. What's the key position on defense they've got to get figured out over the next four weeks? Yeah, I think whether whether we're talking specifically about the nickel spot in the cornerback, which Marcus Williamson looks like he could be, that could be a spot for him finally after years of, you know, another guy trying to wait for his turn. I think that that, that cornerback spot and rotation, nickel and then, exactly how they're going to rotate between Cameron Brown and seven banks opposite Sean Wade, or even including Sean Wade. And we've seen that before with three really talented corners in the Ohio state secondary, you know, th those, those guys are all, for as long as Williamson has been around, you know, seven banks, you know, Cameron Brown, both going into, you know, third years in the program. Uh, they are relatively inexperienced when it comes to big game opportunities. Cameron Brown's had a taste of that. Uh, and, and he handled himself well a year ago, but, I think that's – you know what you've got between six, seven linebackers that can play. That's another matter of foul Washington, how he's going to sort through all that. Defensive line, I'm never, ever going to question what Larry Johnson can do. 
And Kerry Combs has earned the benefit of that, of that doubt too, but you still have to go out and see if these guys can do it. Because uh, really what it comes down to, I don't think anyone in the Big Ten can challenge Ohio State that closely, but if you're going to beat Trevor Lawrence and get over the, the hump in the playoff, that secondary, that's really it's where it's all going to start. So uh, they've got time, you know, to get there, but that's, that's the spot where you say, all right, are they going to be at the Ohio State level? Because they have to be if they're going to beat Clemson. Am I wrong? Am I wrong to think that Josh Proctor, this is now his moment? I mean, at safety. I mean, what? What? Uh, I just, I just got that sense about it. What? What? What is it that? What? What tells you whether I'm right or wrong? Uh, I, I, I asked Jordan Fuller about him a, a couple times since, since he moved on to the NFL. You know, at the combine, I said, "Can he do it? Will he replace you? Can he be that guy?" And he said, "Absolutely, no question. He's one of the most talented." you know, defensive backs that he's ever been around in his career. And then he came on a little bit later in the summer and <clears throat> did a buck IQ and just, just raved about the potential for this guy. And, you know, last, you know, last August in a real training camp, we were hearing almost every single day about the interceptions that Proctor was making. And um, we, we thought that he would be a breakout player back when in the days of two safeties and he'd be on the field or he could Wait, I interrupt you. Okay. Didn't I say his name more often than I said Justin Fields last yeah. August? I mean, I, I mean, I, I think that we both did. You know, <laughs> we've we've been waiting. We've been waiting for this Josh Proctor moment for a long time, and I think that it's it's going to come to fruition. Part of the you know part of the reason that it didn't a year ago, he dealt with some injuries. Josh Proctor did, but also I think now that you know we're a couple weeks into this NFL career for Jordan Fuller, we're getting a reminder of just how good that guy really was. Um, and steady and a leadership, but also a really good athlete. And he's made, you know, he, I think back to that week one game for the Rams against the Cowboys and that huge tackle he made in space to get them a win. I mean, I think that th this has only enhanced the appreciation for Jordan Fuller and as a reminder that Josh Proctor could also have that kind of impact. Hey, you know, we, we learn more about Ryan Day almost every day, pardon the pun. Sure. But uh, when he, when he, basically was exercised about the fact he was grateful that the LA Rams took Jordan Fuller, but he was exercised about the fact that so many people passed on him for so many rounds. That was interesting, wasn't it? I mean, that Ryan Bay saw an NFL caliber, starting NFL caliber talent uh, sitting there and people passing on him for who knows what reason. I, I think it's, you know, Jordan Fuller, you know, when he went to the combine, he didn't blow people away with his physical testing. And Correct. He also had played, you know, so many games. And part of his film, if you look back when there was the disaster, you know, of the 2018 defense and, um, you know, he was on the field for a lot of that, but he wasn't, you know, res responsible for the, the breakdowns that were happening in front of him. You know, I, I wonder if people just made it a decision. People, I mean, NFL GM scouts made a decision – and then didn't change their mind about what they saw then one year later or, you know, how much experience that guy had and that you just look for a shiny new object elsewhere and not somebody who had such a large body of work as Jordan Fuller. And, and not all of it was great because he was part of some, some games where Ohio State struggled on defense, but he was also absolutely key for one of the best defenses in the country last year. So it's, it was always strange to me how long, how, long it took for him to come off the board and I feel great for him honestly because he, he was such a professional such a great guy to deal with and cover and yes. always 
always willing, you know, to come out and talk. You know, when those things did go wrong, you know, who I think only two players came out to talk after that Purdue game, right? Yes. Jordan, Jordan Fuller was st- stand up accountable for that. And I'll, I'll, when those guys do that, I'll never forget it. It tells you, oh, yeah. it tells you how seriously they take their, their job and their responsibility. So I, I do feel good for Jordan Fuller for that. But also, like we said, that means, you know, that, that there are big shoes to fill. And if he tells me that he has confidence in Josh Proctor, uh, you know, I believe him fully. Hey, in that season opener uh, where the L.A. Rams hosted the Dallas Cowboys, um, the key play of the game was made by Jordan Fuller. And the, the interesting part about it was uh, the Cowboys ran across right in front of him. A pick play is what it was. And the guy who was covering the receiver, I don't remember the receiver, uh, got picked or slowed down. Jordan Fuller, though, and I don't even know if this was him just making a play or if this was a defensive scheme, but it was an interesting defensive scheme when you kind of know a team is going to run a pick. You kind of play a safety over the top of the pick, and then you go with the player whose whose defender has been picked. I don't know if they think that way, you know, (laughs) if you can think that fast, but he went – he was the safety over the top who then chased down – the the uh, receiver and and stopped him short for of a first down. That was a that was a play of that game. And uh, in my opinion, he earned whatever signing bonus he got this year as a as a late round draft pick. Uh, he earned it with that play. You agree with me? Yeah. You only needed one game. If you if you clinch a win, whatever you're being paid, that's worth yes. millions in the NFL. So that that, that was interesting to watch. Uh, it was like calling out a switch when perimeter yeah. in basketball and. It worked. I mean, whether that was just Jordan Fuller's awareness or, as you said, a scheme, you know, we don't really know. But um, certainly you had, to, you had to be aware. You had to have the athleticism to close on that route and then the physical presence to make that tackle and not give up. You know, it was right at the, the yardage marker. Yeah. And he did everything that you could possibly want from a safety. All three. He had to have all three, and he did. Hey, real quick, uh, uh, let's wrap this up pretty soon here, but uh, okay. pretty quickly. But uh, – uh, what is one other position you've got your eye on? And don't say Garrett Wilson, wide receiver, and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> give, me, give me another position on the defensive side. Um, I'm intrigued by can they fill those spots. I think they've got the capable, capable personnel on the defensive front. But, boy, they're replacing some studs up there. But what is one, what is one spot there that you've got to see, you want to see somebody really step up over the next uh, several weeks to claim hit, claim it as his. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I would lump, um, you know, nose guard, nose tackle, and and three technique together. Yeah, I don't, I don't think the depth of defensive tackle is quite where Larry Johnson would love it. Um, and part of that is because we don't know exactly when Haskell Garrett will be fully cleared um, after, you know, a, I don't even know. It's devastating what happened to him, um, and you don't know, you know, when he's fully going to be ready. We're they've all everybody has told us that he will be able to play this year and he will be on the field for the Buckeyes. But, you know, we don't know the exact timeline. Uh, you get shot in the face. You got to make sure that everything, um, you know, is ready to go. I'm not going to, yeah. not going to sugarcoat that. Um, but, you know, Tommy Togiai, obviously we know what he can do. The big one for me is Teron Vincent. He's just, he has, he's a, he was the five-star, you know, number one defensive tackle in the country. Uh, missed all of last season with that shoulder injury. He, he kept wanting and trying to come back. And, you know, they just had to say, be patient with it. Because he didn't really, in year one as a true freshman, 
He just got a, a real small taste of it. So we've barely seen um, what he can do in terms of game-changing presence. Uh, you know, what, the best way to use him, is he going to take over that three-technique role uh, and make that his own? Does he have the pass, pass rush ability that we've seen from other guys? You know, those yeah. Washingtons yes. or uh, Draymond Jones or last year what Jay Sean Cornell did that was really valuable. Another guy who I felt uh, should have been drafted higher, but that's another story. But that's, you know, the defensive ends, the rushman part of that, that's never going to be a problem for Larry Johnson. Um, the pipeline is as full as it could possibly be, uh, even without a Chase Young out there or, or a Bosa brother. But, you know, I the talent is there, but I don't know that it's quite as much as Larry Johnson would want at defensive tackle. So that's, and that's one that, you know, that's been really key to his success is that those guys on the interior help set out set up what happens on the edge. That's a, but that's the key to success to any great defense is having that, that stud dude. I mean, that grown man. I mean, Devon Hamilton became a grown man right before our very eyes. Right. And uh, his, his play, Jay Sean Cornell's play, like you said, I think was, you know, even though we, you and I gushed about it a lot, it was still understated, I mean, in my opinion, and underrated about how well they played, especially last year, and uh, made life even that much uh, easier for Chase Young. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be back uh, as preseason camp ensues. I keep calling it preseason camp. It's after-school specials uh, for this football team. And, you know, Ryan Day touched on it uh, this past week, uh, Austin. You know, it, it does present a little bit of a challenge because you don't have these guys wrapped attention uh, for 12, 14 hours a day like you do in a real camp. I mean, they're 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 – you know, a lot of them, most of them are taking online classes and stuff, but they still have to get their work done. They're also limited, going to be limited in terms of 20 hours, the 20-hour-a-week rule. Of course, most of them volunteer to uh, watch video, much more than that. Yeah. But, uh, but that's their own, uh, you know, that's their own choice. <laughs> but, uh, but the bottom line is, it, it, this is going to be interesting to watch how uh, he and his coaches uh, direct, them, direct the team through this. You know what, I think, Tim, we could actually just call it fall camp for the first time I've I had to break myself of that habit I used to call it that when I earlier in my career like it's starting in late July or the first week of August I'm like that doesn't sound right like it's not fall it's the middle of summer but now I guess technically it actually applies but uh, your point is correct that uh, this everybody has to adjust and it's different and they didn't get to you know have their time before classes started which you know like it or not that's a responsibility for the student athletes where other schools still had a traditional training camp uh, in August to get ready and, and hit and, and have the sole attention of the team. Um, I, I don't know that it'll be a huge hurdle for Ryan Day and, and Mickey Marotti to overcome, but it's certainly a new challenge for them in a year full of it. So yeah, always, you know, it's always something for Ryan Day, something new, something different, some adjustment he's got to make. And, and he's proven pretty adept at, at doing that so far. Well, I'll tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Boston Ward and I will be back uh, next week about this same time. You can tune in, d- download this on your iTunes, et cetera, Stitcher, all the other, all the major platforms out there. And of course, you can always watch us on YouTube. Uh, I, I, I prefer watching this show when I watch the replays with 3D glasses on, but that's just me. But uh, Boston, thanks for joining me again, my man. Don't, we don't need to get more technology. I don't know if you can make a 3D Zoom, but. Yeah, exactly. That'd be fun. You know, this would be really fun to watch. But uh, <laughs> you know what? 
Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, for Boston Ward, this is Tim May with the Tim May Podcast. We'll see you then. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.